welcome back to The Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin Hell. I'm the pastor here at Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way right now through 1 Peter, this incredible letter that the Apostle Peter wrote to some elect exiles as they suffered for their faith. His goal was to encourage them in their faith in the face of their suffering. And so for us, it's a pertinent letter to read as we constantly need to be encouraged that we may not suffer like the elect exiles to whom Peter wrote. Still, we need to be encouraged in our faith as we face this world. We've worked our way up to 1 Peter chapter 2, and yesterday we looked at verse 1. Today we're going to complete the the comparison that he's making looking at verses 2 and 3 which are difficult verses. There, there's some challenging things in them. They seem clear at first, but there, there's something important that we need to see here that I think will be very helpful to us. So I'll read the passage, and then I'll pray for us, and then I'll make a few comments. Peter writes, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Father, as we look at your word, I ask that you would strengthen me, that for these next few minutes, by your spirit, I might speak so that your people may be encouraged, so that your people may be comforted. Father, give us ears to hear. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, yesterday we looked at this idea of putting off or putting away all malice, all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And we talked about how that is, is just the reality of our flesh. Because our flesh is, is incredibly self-protective, when it is threatened, when we face suffering, our flesh is immediately going to, to like start trying to secure itself and start being self-protective and and then start doing whatever it can to, to make itself compare better to the people around them. And, and so th- this is what our flesh does. This is why we, we fight. James tells us this and in his book, he asks, you know, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire, do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Well, when we come to 1 Peter, we see that those same fleshy realities at work here. These people are suffering, their flesh is being challenged, and so their self-protective flesh is, is raging within them, and so they're doing what they, have, they feel that they need to do to survive. We all, if we can be honest for a moment, identify with this shockingly well. When we feel threatened, whether by suffering or by persecution or, or whatever, when we feel threatened, Our flesh wells up within us and wants to destroy and conquer anything that it feels is threatening it. And so we immediately tear people down. We slander people. We we envy what they have. We we all of those things. We do act as hypocrites. And, And Oftentimes, I think if we're honest, that that is us trying to protect ourselves, us trying to secure 
our lives, in our power, by our strength. And so Peter tells these elect exiles, take all that off. Put all that away. Putting that away, and then he gives the other half of this metaphor. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So the question and the, the interpretive difficulty here is, what is the pure spiritual milk? Now, most commentators take this as the Word of God, and there's good reasons for that. There are some uh, possible etymological relationships between the word for spiritual, logikon, and logos, word. But there might be something else going on here. This is not to say that the, the Word of God isn't vital, It's that it's not life-giving, that it's not life-sustaining. It is. But I think Karen Jobes is right when she argues that there's something actually more broad going on in this metaphor and what Peter is telling them. I think what's being contrasted here is the flesh trying to secure its own life, the flesh trying to, to protect itself, the flesh trying to sustain itself, and, and us letting our flesh do that, and us trusting God to protect us in the midst of our suffering and us trusting God to, to watch over us and to keep us in the midst of our suffering. I think she's right in her assessment of this. And, and here, so here's what I think is going on. He says, put all this, this away that, that I think we, we've already said is, is, is the result of self-protection from our flesh. And then he says, like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk. And instead of these things that you think are sustaining you, Instead of these things that you think are, are, are providing you the security, the protection that you need, instead of building up these, these sinful walls around yourself by which you think you get protection, but you actually don't, instead of that, instead of that false self-sustenance, long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. See, what he's doing is he's, he's driving at the difference between the, the futility of our efforts to sustain ourselves, the futility of our flesh's efforts to sustain itself, to provide its own security, all of those things, to provide its own hope, to provide its own identity, and, and the, the effectiveness of God in doing that for us. So he says, long for the latter. And the reason I think that this, with, with Dr. Job's, the reason I think this is broader than just the word of God is because of how he uses this reference back to Psalm 33 in verse 3, or Psalm 34 in verse 3. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So long for this food, this pure spiritual milk. So there's this kind of, you know, food metaphor and then there's another one, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. If, you, if you've tasted his goodness, then continue to long for that rather than this other food that is going to destroy you. That's not going to lead to salvation. See, that's what he's contrasting here. Are we going to, to find our identity, find our security, find our hope in our flesh, which ultimately will destroy us? Or... 
Are we going to fl- find our, our identity, our hope, our security, all of these things in the Lord, in Yahweh, in God, in Jesus Christ, in Him, in the triune God? Are we going to find our sustenance in Him who will bring us to salvation? See, that's the contrast that's being made here. He's bringing kind of all these things that he has said together in this point. You can rely on your flesh in the midst of your suffering, or you can rely on the Lord. If you've tasted that he is good, continue to long for that food. Continue to long for that sustenance. And he uses this comparison of a newborn infant who who longs for the milk from his mother's breast. That's his life. That's her life. That sustains everything. And so that's what they long for. That's what they want. Because they know that it is good. They've tasted it's good and it gives life and it sustains them. And so what Peter is telling us here is if you know that to be true of God, if you have tasted of him and found that the Lord is good, then then like a baby longs for milk, long for him, putting off the flesh and and its offers of sustenance and and security and all putting off all that, that that doesn't lead to salvation but leads to death and rather learning to long for God because he's the one that will bring us to salvation. This fits perfectly with what he has already said. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Remember, what what we drove at when we looked at those passages over and over and over was that it is God who is the agent of all of this. It's God who is the actor in all of these things. It's God who is doing this. He's the one who is merciful. He's the one who calls us to be born again. He's the one who guards us by his power through faith for salvation ready to be revealed. Peter is now coming back around and saying, long for those things that you may grow up into salvation, that this salvation that is ready to be revealed only comes through God. So long for him. Run to him. Stop trying to to secure yourself. Recognize that, that when your flesh suffers, when your flesh is threatened, that it goes into this insane, frenetic, self-protection, self-preservation mode. Recognize that. Take that off. And long for the sustenance of God himself, who has given himself to us in mercy, who has given himself to us in his son, who has given himself to us in grace, who will sustain us and bring us to that great day of salvation. We don't have to protect ourselves. We don't have to secure ourselves. We don't have to preserve ourselves. That is the work of God. And Peter encourages us to learn to long for him. May Christ be with you. May he be with us as we learn to long for God himself.
Amen. Thank you.